Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Hey there, I'm Megan Davies with Beachbody. And if you haven't heard of my program, MBF, you need to check it out. Now, I'm not one to make things complicated. I call it MBF because muscle burns fat. With my simple and effective workouts, you'll get leaner, stronger, and healthier in just three weeks with a powerful combination of strength training and cardio workouts. I always say strength builds confidence, but check it out for yourself. Go to Beachbody.com and try MBF today. Hello, and welcome to the Proactive Caregiving Podcast. As a CPA with over 20 years as an industry accountant, Jessica stepped away from the corporate world to become a full-time caregiver for her mother. Having learned invaluable lessons along the way, she is now here to share those with you and to invite you to join her on this caregiver's journey. Here is your host, Jessica Cannon. Hello, everybody. I'm so glad you're here with me today. I am the proactive caregiver, and I specialize in educating others on how to be proactive while they're caregiving. I target the caregiver rather than the care recipient. If you can't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of your loved one. So as we hear about self-care these days, one of the areas of self-care I believe many people take for granted is our dental care. Many toothpaste ads may target the desire for whiter teeth or fresher breath, but did you know that poor oral health can affect the brain? Today's guest is from Chicago, Illinois, Joy Poskazim. She's the owner of Joyful Dental Care. Joy knew as soon as she was in eighth grade that she wanted to be a dentist after having braces of her own. You can imagine. She was fascinated by the way her teeth were moving into place and having a great smile. After three and a half years, this was definitely a goal for her to go after. She is the oldest of four and she grew up in Park Ridge and graduated from Maine South in 1990. The exciting thing is Joy's Dental Care was also named the Corporate Citizen of the Year in 2010 by the Lincolnwood Chamber of Commerce. She also was identified as the next door neighborhood favorite dentist. This year in 2020, Joy earned her fellowship with the Special Care Dentistry Association on her ongoing efforts in bringing dental care to senior communities and those that are homebound. And this is exactly why I wanted to bring her on today, because this is an area that we often take for granted. So welcome coming on with me today, Joy. Thank you for having me. So we got past this holiday season, our first holiday season of Halloween. Are you one of those dentists that tries to buy candy from kids by the pound. <laughs> I would never be that cruel. <laughs> I only say that because we actually have a few here that have done it in the past just to encourage kids to have less candy. I, I actually, I, what I do instead is, is when we did a very small outdoor uh, trick-or-treat in our neighborhood and my husband handed out the candy and I handed out the toothbrushes. <laughs> <laughs> like a true dentist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they got the best of both worlds. Right, right. And that's, you know, for the kids and they're learning and growing, that's that's how we learn how to balance those areas and, and have the best of both. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> but then something happens along the way and we become, you know, the young adult gets a little bit more 
into their lifestyle and they kind of forget a few things or maybe it's a habit that just gets slipped on a little bit. And then eventually in our adult, later adult lives, I think some of these areas are sometimes forgotten and just not given as much importance as they really need to have. And so one of the things I wanted to ask you was common oral health areas or issues that you see that are happening most with seniors. Uh, The most common thing that I see is dry mouth. Uh, 86% of of medications uh, that are taken for chronic conditions, unfortunately, has a side effect, have a side effect of dry mouth. And as the medication continues to be taking, taken over years, it will exacerbate that side effect. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of uh, problems that are associated with dry mouth. And there, one thing that I want to point out is that there are actually two different kinds of dry mouth. Mm-hmm. There's quality of saliva and quantity of saliva. And so people may think that that their loved one or they themselves have enough saliva because they technically do have, you know, they don't feel dry. They don't, Mm -hmm. they're swallowing okay. They're able to, you know, eat their foods that they want to, the salty, you know, the sweet, you know, all the things. But the quality of the saliva might not be the same. Why? We get older and our, you know, things begin to not work as well as they did in our 20s and 30s and 40s. And so therefore um, we are not concerned about it because, well, you know, there is some saliva. But one thing that we need to be looking at is how, what the saliva looks like. Mm-hmm. Our saliva is actually supposed to be crystal clear and a little thicker than water because it's got these wonderful digestive enzymes to help break down our food like mm-hmm. before we swallow so that things are soft. But if it's thick, if the saliva is thick, if it's mucousy, if it has the um, consistency where it is almost kind of sticky, then, then we've got a problem. And so they might have enough saliva quantity-wise, but they might not have the good quality. And so we are look, you know, looking at a situation where they may have the same problems eventually as those that don't make enough saliva, where they are going to be more prone to tooth decay or cavities. Mm. Um, they are going to be more prone to having uh, potentially tooth sensitivity, or they're going to be more prone to gum disease because their gums really aren't, all of our gums are supposed to be moist, but even with this quality of saliva, the the gums aren't as moist as they should be. And so therefore, there's a higher chance of gum disease, of bleeding gums. And so now as the caregiver, you're brushing your loved one's, you know, teeth and gums and you Mm -hmm. notice the bleeding and you're like, oh my God, I'm I'm brushing too hard. I'm doing something wrong. And, and now, you know, either they're not being brushed at all, they're not being brushed as frequently, or they go to the, to the swabs. And, and when in actually we need to be brushing better and just using different dental products that are over the counter and, you know, in the market to help with that saliva. So that is one common theme that I see with my older, uh, with my senior patients. That's unfortunate because that's one of the areas that, Aside of brushing and swabbing, um, one of the other times I've had this issue with my mother is I tried to get her to use mouthwash. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that mouthwash is a little bit harsh. And so thinking that I was helping her, um, like using Listerine, for example, it was just too strong for her. And so she didn't want to use it. So I felt like, well, what are my other options? How can I, how else can I help her with it? Other than, like you said, trying to brush for her, which... In many cases, she did not want me doing that for her. 
I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even recommend um, an alcohol-based mouthwash for anybody at any age. Listerine, or I think it's the wintergreen, is up to 26% alcohol. Wow. And so someone that is going to have a poor quality of saliva, it, it is going to burn. It mm-hmm. is going to burn them because they're going to have that direct contact. They're not going to have that, that saliva seal, if you will, over the gums to help protect them from the elements. One of them being the 26% alcohol-based mouthwashes, which unfortunately the majority of them are. In fact, I would say almost all of the generic brand mouthwashes are alcohol-based. The Listerine has been around since like the 1840s. And so they lost their patent, you know, trademark, copyright, whatever, a long time ago. And so their formula is available to the public. And so your Walmart brand, your Target brand mouthwashes are literally based off of the Listerine brand, Mm. give or take the color or, you know, flavoring. But that alcohol content is still prevalent. And so the one thing that I tell all of my patients of any age is to stop at the alcohol-based mouthwashes and move towards the alcohol-free mouthwashes. Mm-hmm. Um, those, are te- those tend to be hydrogen peroxide-based, and they are way more mild, milder to the, all of our oral environments, let alone our seniors, our loved ones. So the one that I can think of for those that can still spit, or I should say maybe even spit on command, uh, is the ACT dry mouth. And I want to just preface mm-hmm. by saying I don't work for any of these companies. <laughs> right, there is sure. no kickback. <laughs> these are just really strong recommendations that I've seen that truly, truly work is the, is the Act Dry Mouth mouthwash. And it's a white bottle, not to be uh, misconstrued for the Act Whitening mouthwash, which is also a white bottle. Uh, but the Act Dry Mouth has wonderful products. It's got lozenges. It's got the mouthwash. It's very mild. I don't think I've had any negative feedback on that product. And the great thing about this one and the next one I'm going to mention is that they have an additive effect, meaning the more often you're using them, the better they work. Nice. So we always recommend as part of the activities of daily living twice a day after brushing, ideally, um, and then no, you know, no dilution and no rinsing with water afterwards. Why? Because we actually want it to do its job. Mm -hmm. We want it to soak into our teeth and help to keep the teeth mineralized. We want it to get absorbed into the gums and to, to keep the gums strong. It's an antiseptic. We right. want it to actually do its job, which is help keep the areas clean. And it's, uh, it's like salt in a wound for, for our oral bacteria. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it disrupts them. It, it irritates the bacteria. They come to the surface. You're now spitting it out. You're spitting out the bacteria. And we're all trying to get, of, get ahead of that bacterial growth that causes our problems. Um, the next one I was going to mention for those that can't spit anymore or you're, you know, they're uh, afraid of choking because mm-hmm. of problem swallowing is the biotin. And that's B mm-hmm. as in boy, I-O-T-E-N as in Nancy E, biotin. Biotin also is an over-the-counter product. It is, it also has lozenges. It also has a spray for those, once again, afraid of, of, of choking because of, of problem swallowing and, or holding liquid in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Incredibly safe and effective. And if swallowed, it is okay. All of the biotin products are swallowable. So there's biotin toothpaste. There's a biotin gel that is absolutely nice. wonderful to use on the lips. In fact, I actually use the biotin gel myself in the dead of winter here in Chicago for my lips <laughs> because it a little bit goes a long way. And even if I do lick my lips or whatever, I'm not, you know, swallowing petroleum jelly or, you know, stuff like that. It's, right. it's a pH neutral. 
So it does not affect the tummy. And because they're all topical, they do not affect with any, or they don't mix, they don't hurt. They're not contraindicated for any medication anybody is on. These products have been around for a long time. They're tried and true. And they're fabulous in helping to maintain the appropriate amount of moisture in the mouth. And if, you know, people are beginning to have a problem with swallowing for those with dementia, specifically Lewy bodies or, or uh, Alzheimer's, where that swallowing mechanism is going to, you know, slowly fade by using the biotin. It, and, and if they do swallow it, and I do recommend it for some, for some patients, that it's coating the back of their throat helping them continuously swallow so that I recommend it to be rinsing it um, and spitting and or swallowing it before meal. So they have a nice lubrication. They have that extra moisture so they can consume food. That's an excellent idea. I am, And I'm glad you said you've recommended ACT as well because I thought, oh, good. That's one of the ones I use. Woohoo! It's the one I use. <laughs> Well, trying to, it's recommended. Right. And that's even better because trying to find <laughs> what works, the tried and true rituals that I can do daily. I'm, I use it in the mornings I, after I brush my teeth and it's the before I even begin to eat and I give it time to work so that I have my time to do my workout while it's after I've rinsed. And then, of course, before bedtime again, doing the same thing. So I get it at least twice a day. Awesome. Last thing that should hit your mouth before your head hits the pillow. Exactly. And that's where I try. That's exactly what I go for. And it's not always easy to help my mother to do the same because, you know, sometimes she doesn't want to have to, at the end of the day, it's just that one last thing, one more push of energy that she doesn't want to have to do. But mm-hmm. knowing that there's something like the biotin, then it's something that I, that's the alternative. Mm-hmm. And I will say this too. I just had a situation last week where I was in someone's home and I was taking care of uh, her mother and she had, she's got full blown dementia and, you know, she's sundown. Right. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about, you know, making sure that her teeth are being brushed twice a day, not just once a day. And she's like, you know, she's like, I can't even get her into bed, let alone into, you know, you know, into the bathroom again. So I said, well, that's fine. So, you know, you have dinner at five o'clock, you know, she's done eating, she's Mm -hmm. back in her comfy chair, or if she doesn't want to leave her comfy chair, she's still in her comfy chair, you you clean her up, have her brush immediately afterwards. So it's six o'clock when she brushes her teeth, if you know, as long as you make sure that nothing, you know, besides water, you know, is, is, you know, being consumed after that, it's a win, you know, thinking outside the box, brushing the teeth does not have to be in the bath in the bathroom. It could be in at the kitchen sink. It could be done in the living room with those little pink basins mm-hmm. where they can be spitting in there. They're comfy. They're watching TV. They're being distracted, but you're still being able to accomplish something that is so crucial for their overall health. Exactly. And that's the point. It's trying to find ways to help them without actually making things more difficult for them so that they don't want to do it. Because I think that's what happened with my mother is she did reach that point where she just didn't want to do it anymore because it was a hassle. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, you know, she did buy into a lot of the advertisement years ago, as you mentioned with Listerine. And it, some of it says it's as good as or better than brushing, but it's supposed to be in addition to brushing. And at one point she Mm -hmm. did stop brushing and did only Listerine. And when she went back for a checkup, 
it was the worst checkup she could have ever had. And they told her as much. And she was upset because it was, you know, it was Listerine's fault. <laughs> she actually contacted <laughs> and took the time to type a letter up and send it to Listerine. And their, their, their response was, well, it's supposed to be in addition to brushing. <laughs> Which unfortunately she, she took that ad very literally. <laughs> she did. And so she opened the door for other problems to happen, you know, with her teeth and her gums. And that's where when she opened the door for that, you know, hindsight looking back, I just wondered, could that have been the gateway to her first form? Because she is living with mixed dementia. So I'm asking and wondering, is that the gateway to um, being exposed to dementia, for example? You know, and that's a, that's a really good question. Um, uh, in a nutshell, about five years ago, they found uh, when they were starting doing autopsies and those with Alzheimer's in particular, mm -hmm. um, that uh, the plaque formations in the brain, they found oral bacteria, they found pseudomonas piriformis, or gingivalis, piriformis gingivalis. Mm -hmm. And the, um, say that five times back. <laughs> but the, so, what, you know, so five years ago, I'm, as I'm beginning to tell this you know, to my patients, because I also have a brick and mortar, to my, you know, uh, patients that are not my seniors, I'm like, look, guys, you know, we don't know chicken or the egg yet, but by taking care of your oral health, you're keeping your immune system strong. Therefore, there's not a surplus of this particular kind of aggressive oral bacteria that causes gum disease and bone loss. They migrate, they cross the blood brain barrier. Um, specifically in those, or especially in those who have compromised immune systems, AKA diabetes is the mm -hmm. first one I can think of, right. especially long-term diabetes. And, and that includes type one and type two. Uh, type one, they're compromised, you know, pretty much from birth with their type one. So even mm -hmm. more so type one, but they you know, cross the blood brain barrier and they've been found in these plaque deposits in the brain. So the more we take care of our mouths, the, the healthier our brain health is going to be as well. What we now know, because this has, there was another study done about a year ago, and it's been um, defended, that we now know that the oral bacteria that cross the blood-brain barrier actually start or trigger the, the production of those plaque formations. Mm. So once again, crucial, crucial, crucial that we are taking care of our oral health it, to help prevent the advent that trigger, that, that light switch, if you will, for the start of, of, of like I said, particularly, the, you know, Alzheimer's is what, what they started with. And of course, they're now spreading that, you know, that those studies and that research for the other dementias as well. But that is, you know, it, it's crucial that if the better we take care of our mouths, that literally we're better, you know, taking better care of our brains. Absolutely. And you wouldn't normally think to make that connection that I'm brushing my teeth or if I don't brush my teeth, I'm exposing myself to possible brain infection. But for someone who has Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia, once the oral care starts to wane, it, it's not just about the dry mouth at one point, then it gets into the buildup, the bacteria and this is where I've mm -hmm. learned that all people with Alzheimer's or living with Alzheimer's or other forms that now they're also um, exposed to pneumonia issues with pneumonia to where it's a, it gets to the point where it's not something that is, is as easily survivable and what nursing homes are, are faced with and seeing the cause of more death from pneumonia and that's pneumonia that's connected to poor dental hygiene. 85% of 
of bacterial pneumonia is oral bacteria, yep. period, yep. 85%. So once again, if we take better care of our mouths, we don't have an overabundance an overpopulation of bacteria. And as I, as I, you know, explain to caregivers and my patients is that I, you know, why I, I say it's my, you know, it's overcrowding. Right. <laughs> it becomes overcrowded in the mouth. They want to live someplace. They want to live someplace, you know, where there, there's no overcrowding. So they migrate and, and they, so they, you know, the bacteria can go into the mouth or, you know, from the mouth to the lungs. And it's a free-for-all at that mm-hmm. point. We can brush our teeth. We can't brush our lungs. Right. And so, yeah. So, so once that bacteria hits the lungs, and once again, you know, specifically with people that have compromised immune systems and they're, you know, sedentary, so they're bed-bound or, you know, there's not a whole lot of movement where there's, you know, a lot of, um, you know, oxygen flow or, you know, due to exercise, aerobic you know, exercise and so forth then that bacteria will sit there and they will colonize and they will create uh, pneumonia because those are foreign bodies in the lungs. So yeah, absolutely. And then on top of it, we're going to, we can take it one step further. We're also protecting our heart. We now know that strep mutans, strep mutans is the bacteria that causes cavities. Strep, yeah, it's a, it's a cousin of strep as in strep throat. The throat Mm -hmm. is right there. (laughs) It's a cousin. And once again, overcrowding, the bacteria will, can migrate to the heart and can cause, can trigger the advent of endocarditis, which is inflammation of the inner layer of the heart. And so by brushing our teeth twice a day and monitoring our oral health, we are literally protecting three vital organs, our brains, our lungs, and our hearts. And so, you know, that is, if, if that doesn't tell you all how important, you know, the importance of oral health is. That's, I think it's a good, you know, good reason to start brushing. <laughs> and, and consistently brushing, twice a day brushing. Yes. It well is, it's not enough, you know, and, and unfortunately, as my mom progressed in her, with her mixed dementia, she would brush in the morning and then by the evening trying to brush, have her brush again, she'd say, I already did it. And the losing battle or the, the argument of you have to do this twice a day it, it gets harder and harder trying to find a way to explain it and just get it done. And so I introduced a water pick after one of her more uh, recent oral surgery, kind of, she had to have some bone reconstructed. And so at that point I realized, okay, her oral hygiene was already pretty bad. So let's try this water pick and see if it helps in addition to gentle brushing. And it, it was quite the mess, let me say. Yeah. I agree. The water pick didn't. Seem it, yeah, to the water water picks are great, and the great thing about water picks is that you can use warm water in it, so it's very uh, it can be very soothing, mm. like a gum massage. And at number one, and number two, you can throw in some hydrogen peroxide in there, and so like one part hydrogen peroxide, two parts water is uh, is that's a like I said, it's a it's a cheap, effective antiseptic to be using with the water in the water pick. It's going to foam up a little bit. It's not going to you know maybe taste so great. Maybe even use even less you know, um, you know, you can experiment with, but it's a really easy way to keep the area between the teeth healthy and happy. I I could not agree with you more. Cool. Well, that's a good idea too. There's also just as an FYI, there, the, the only brand that I would recommend is the water pick brand. The rest of them, as far as I'm concerned, just from patient feedback are cheap knockoffs. Hmm. Um, once again, I don't make any money with water pick. (laughs) I just, it's just from years, you know, 21 years of experience. But with the uh, water pick two, they now have handheld ones. Hmm. So 
So for my patients who are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, I recommend to get the water, the uh, handheld ones because they're waterproof. They're safe and effective in the shower. So you can, you know, use the water pick in the shower. If it's messy, who cares? You're in the shower anyway. Exactly. And yeah, and, and but they're also handheld so you can bring the water pick to your loved one and and use it. And the great thing, too, is that the medium level and then the higher level, there's different speeds. Of, of water flow. So if you're concerned about that, you know, that it's going to be too uh, forceful or whatever, you can reduce that speed. <clears throat> and some, and a couple of them have, is actually at quote unquote massage level, hmm. but still just as safe, just as effective to use and not as much water is being, is not flowing um, as much between the teeth. I like that. In fact, I'm making that mental note for water yeah. for myself with a shower. <laughs> It is, it's awesome. Yeah. And they're, they're battery operated. They just require two AA batteries. You know, um, I, I probably change mine. The battery is probably every three months. Actually, I changed my, my brush head, my, my um, power toothbrush uh, batteries and my water pick batteries at the same time. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that with the power toothbrush as well, because that's another area. The difference between the soft bristles, medium and hard bristles. I can't imagine I have to use soft I can't imagine even attempting to use a hard bristle. Um, why is there such a variation? And what, what is, seems to be, I guess, a better one? Great, great question. You, um, we have to understand that, uh, you know, like my mom is 78 and my dad is 80. Um, when they were growing up, the harder the toothbrush, the better it worked. That was the mentality. That's what the, you know, there was no dental research really being done. It was just really ad hoc at the time back in the 40s. Mm-hmm. And so the harder the toothbrush, the, the, the cleaner your mouth would be, the longer you could use the toothbrush, you know, and everyone was very concerned, you know, post World War Two about, you know, spending. So therefore, you know, you could keep the toothbrush longer. And, and therefore it would and also it was better on the teeth and gums. And that's why the hard toothbrushes, unfortunately, still exist. As far as I'm concerned, they should only be used for cleaning toilets or around the toilet. But <laughs> That's a personal, professional opinion. Um, but yeah, they're still being sold, and, and the American Dental Association has tried very hard to take them off the market, and you'll mm-hmm. find them less and less. Yes. But technically speaking, they do know they're, they're not going to cause morbidity. So as far as the FDA is concerned, they can be sold, and, they, and people can use them the way they want to. Mm-hmm. And my own sister for a while was using a medium toothbrush, and she was, she was creating her own recession, her gum recession, because yes. it was too hard for her mouth. And she didn't understand why she was developing sensitivity in her lower front teeth. And so when I, you know, pulled back, gently pulled back her lower lip and I showed her the recession that she had caused on her lower forefront teeth. I mean, her mouth was immaculate. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't have any gum disease, but she was creating her own recession. She was creating her own hypersensitivity because of the, her using the medium toothbrush. Right. And, you know, fast forward to today. And in this day of COVID or, or flu, even for for uh, that matter, since we're you know entering into or already in flu, uh, flu season, we want to be changing up our toothbrushes more frequently. We know this now, mm-hmm. and so at least you know, well, ideally once every three months. And then if someone in your family gets does get sick, it could be the sniffles, it could be the flu, it could be COVID. Everyone changes their toothbrush, regardless if they are using the same bathroom or not. Everyone gets rid of their toothbrush. There is, you can definitely cross-contaminate, you know, aerosols. We breathe in the bathroom. We might be using that bathroom to Mm -hmm. use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. We can still contaminate those toothbrushes. And so, therefore, it's not just the person who is sick who should change their toothbrush. It's everybody in the house. 
That's interesting. And so, or, or if you're using an electric toothbrush, the brush head. Right, right. To, to make sure that there's no cross-contamination or reinfection. That's interesting. I would have never considered that. But what I've typically done just to for budget purposes, whenever we um, do our once a quarter or twice a quarter shop at Costco, I would get uh, the bulk toothbrushes and I get the t- soft toothbrushes just for myself and if we can find the mediums for some others in our family. But the soft toothbrushes, I get them in bulk so then I can, I personally change mine out every six to eight weeks. Just, I like the new awesome. toothbrush. And I, I can too. tell when I start feeling some of the sensitivity um, and then knowing that I haven't done anything different in my normal day-to-day routines, then I, I look at the toothbrush and, you know, okay, it's time for this one to be tossed. But now considering having the flu season around, I would have never considered throwing the toothbrush out or, or changing them out if anyone gets sick. That is a great idea. And for those that, and I, I tell this to all my patients, once again, that this point is, is regardless of age, is that if, you know, they switch to the soft toothbrush from a medium toothbrush and they don't feel like they're getting as much, um, their, their mouths aren't getting as clean, then that's when you potentially should consider invest, uh, investing in an electric toothbrush. And you do not have to be buying the $200, oh, right. you know, name brand toothbrush. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could be, you know, getting... Um, I know that Amazon um, actually sells one for, I think, 20 bucks. It's a Sonicare brand. Hmm. It's battery operated. It's the one that I use. And um, it's a soft head. But because it's electric toothbrush or battery operated, mm-hmm. um, it feels stiffer. I, oh. I can't explain it. But it feels like a medium toothbrush, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's still soft. And what's so great, the, the majority of them these days, is that not the spin brushes like those five dollar spin brushes you can find like in the you know in the on the way in the, through the going through the cashier. No oh, right. But the actual you know uh, the actual electric plug-in ones or or the uh, battery operated ones where you actually have to change the battery, they're pressure sensitive. So hmm. even if you're pressing too hard, like for example with the Sonicare one that I use, if I'm pressing too hard because I'm not paying attention or you know I get distracted or whatever, the motor will continue to run in my hand, but the but the bristles will stop. Hmm. And so then I pull back a little bit. It's like, oh, wait a minute. And I pull back a little bit and then the bristles will start going again to prevent harm. So I, I can't that. create that recession. I can't create um, toothbrush abrasion on the enamel of our teeth. So, yeah, I mean, inc- I mean, they're totally user-friendly. They're timed for two minutes. The American Dental Association has actually trademarked the hashtag two minutes, two times a day because we want to be brushing for a full two minutes. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you, the first time I brushed for two minutes, I thought I broke the thing. I'm like, oh, I must have pressed start over again. <laughs> now two minutes isn't long enough, you know, but I'm telling oh. this to patients and, and I tell them my own stories because it's like, no, really, it's going to feel like forever. Just keep doing it. You'll like sure. it in the end. I promise it's going to feel really good. But yeah, two minutes, two times a day. And like I said, the majority of the electric toothbrushes out there are timed for two minutes. So I always ask that question for, for caregivers that are using an electric toothbrush on their, on their loved ones. Are you turning it off? Mm. Or are you letting it run its full course? And, you know, I get 50, 50, 50, 50. Right, um, right. And so I'll be like, well, okay, you know, if, if, you know, your loved one needs to stop for a moment, that's fine. They can catch their brush or whatever, mm-hmm. but then, you know, start up again, have an idea of how long you're brushing and then make sure you get that final minute in because the better we brush, the longer we brush, the better results, the less stuff that we're leaving in our mouth to sit there, fester and decay. 
You know, and I like the idea of the sensitivity and it stopping on its own because even without using one for my mother, I've had the moments where I'm stressed. I'm really stressed and I don't realize it until I do feel that sensitivity in my mouth because for whatever reason, I seem to take that out as I'm brushing my teeth. And it's not so much that I'm in a hurry to try and get things done faster, but sometimes I just, I even in the moment of brushing my teeth, my mind wanders for the day things that happen, things that didn't happen, things that are going to happen to the next day. And I start brushing my teeth and I get really in, you know, too rough with my own mouth until it's like, okay, stop, that hurt. But I don't have the, the electric toothbrush just yet. So now in the mental note, number two. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and I don't even brush my teeth in the bathroom anymore. You know, like in the morning, I'm like laying my clothes out, you know, put, you know, dip the toothbrush in the mouth. I'm laying my clothes out. I'm figuring out, like I'm going through my phone. Okay, what, who am I seeing today? You know, looking at the schedule at night, you know, putting clothes away. I'm, I'm one-handed, you know, putting stuff away, I'm, you know, turning down the bed for us, you know, <laughs> those kind of things. I very rarely brush my teeth in the bathroom anymore because two minutes is a long time. And you're right. It's like I could be doing something else. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, I've, I've done that. And it infuriates my husband to no end. But <laughs> but it's getting done and I'm getting other things done as well because, you know, we can multitask. <laughs> yes. And sometimes the multitasking is, um, gets us in trouble. Yeah. Uh, I would, I do want to put, uh, uh, um, speaking of, uh, brushing outside of the bathroom, um, the charcoal toothpaste, hmm. you know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they, uh, the ones that are majority of the activated charcoal, um, you know, you're brushing, it, it looks black. It's really interesting to see how much, and I don't, I don't personally recommend it. I think it potentially can be, we don't have long-term studies yet to see how the activated charcoal could be affecting our teeth, True. our teeth enamel. More importantly for me, how abrasive it is. Mm-hmm. We don't have long enough studies yet. We, I mean, the preliminary studies are one to three years old on very small patient populations. So for me to promote a, a charcoal-based toothpaste, I can't do that. I, I, I always defend what I am recommending to my patients based on science and based on research. Um, and that's double-blinded, you know, research studies and that are, you know, happen to be over five years old. And we're just not at that stage yet. The products haven't been around long enough. But, you know, so my recommendation is for for those that like the concept of the activated charcoal, that it can potentially brighten their teeth. That's wonderful. But if you are noticing, you know, an increase in sensitive uh, teeth, um, or if you already have sensitive teeth to begin with, choosing the activated charcoal toothpaste may not be your friend. It will potentially will not be your best bet. It's better to stick to the sensitive toothpaste. And along the lines of the sensitive toothpaste, I, I would like to point out too that the FDA regulates everything. So the amount of uh, buffer, so all toothpaste uh, minus the sensitive ones are, they tend to be more acidic hmm. and, and just in general. I mean, minor, but there's, they tend to be more acidic. Uh, but the sensitive toothpaste, so your Aquafresh sensitive, your Crest, your Colgate, your Sen- you know your Sensodyne, mm-hmm. they all have a buffer in it, potassium nitrate, it's a salt, to help increase the pH level so that it's more neutral. Mm-hmm. It is the same amount of potassium nitrate in every single sensitive toothpaste. Once again, FDA regulated has to be that way. So if for those that do have hypersensitive teeth or your loved one has, you know, they're beginning to complain about, you know, brushing with, you know, the water is too cold mm-hmm. or, oh, that, you know, that hurts. Think about getting a, a toothpaste for sensitive teeth. It's it's not a joke. It's it's not just for marketing purposes. There's actually an added ingredient to make the toothpaste uh, less abrasive, as well as uh, more neutral. So therefore, it doesn't feel as 
uh, for lack of a better word, harsh on our loved one's teeth. Because, you know, as we get older, our enamel does thin. It's once again par for the course. And so, you know, someone who's always been a Crest user, all of a sudden now that, you know, they're they're refusing it. They don't Mm -hmm. want it. It hurts. I had to do um, then get the, you know, if they're familiar with the flavor, if they, if they know the flavor, they, they've always been a Crest user, get the Crest sensitive. It's going to have relatively the same flavor. So they're going to be familiar with it, mm. but it's potentially going to be less abrasive and then less painful for them when their teeth are being brushed. Yeah, absolutely. I had to do the same thing. I had to switch from our usual Colgate or Crest to a Sensodyne. And one of the mm-hmm. things that as I notice is, you know, as I got older, one of my concerns, I'm drinking wine, I'm drinking coffee, I drink teas. And I try and drink mm-hmm. as much water throughout the day. And in between the times, especially when I'm drinking red wine, just to, to swish my teeth and keep it from sticking to my teeth. But I noticed that I was wanting and needing to whiten my teeth more often. And so the more I was doing that, the more sensitivity I was having. And it just seemed like a losing battle. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I, I cannot agree with you more. The whitening products can be can cause sensitivity they're they're getting better. I will say they are getting better. Mm-hmm. But if we're consuming a lot of acidic products, which a lot of, you know, we're, we're human, we do, we tend to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, coffee and tea are both, um, they, you know, tend to be more acidic, then yes, we are, you know, it's, it's acid erosion. I mean, you know, I, I t- it's, it's so interesting, like, I'll, I'll bring up the concept of acid rain, which was very, you know, which shows my age, I guess, because I mentioned acid rain to my, my millennials, and they have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. But I you know, but I can say, you know, acid, you know, acid, you know, erosion, you know, we're literally eroding away our teeth. And so your white claw, unfortunately, for example, or your LaCroix, for example, over time, you know, can, you know, begin to wear away the teeth. And so for those that drink white claws, I'm like, well, fantastic enjoy it. I'm glad you like it. But I would also invest in GSK, the makers of, of Sensodyne, Glasgow Smith Klein. I would invest in some stock. Because mm. We're going to have a whole population, unfortunately, of, of these. Because, you know, like I said, coffee drinkers, like you were just saying, coffee drinkers, tea drinkers, and these carbonated beverages that have become so popular, yes. we're going to see an, also a huge increase of, of, hyper, of uh, hypersensitivity in our teeth. Um, and that, and that's, it's not an overnight sensation. It's going to be gradual, Mm -hmm. but it it will take hold. And when it does, it's painful. It can last, you know, it can sting for a bit, you know, and, and then they're everyone, you know, they're wondering, you know, what am I doing wrong? And, and, and one would not naturally think of, Oh, it's gotta be the white cloth. Like, you know, why would one think that, you know? So, yeah, so something to strongly, uh, you know, think about. So if you are going to drink it, enjoy it. Have it with a meal. When we consume food, not drink, but when we consume food, we have an increase in saliva for those digestive enzymes to help break down food stuff. Right. So with that increase in saliva, if you're having these products with a meal, less chance of any direct contact onto the teeth. We have that additional, you know, pH neutral digestive enzymes to help neutralize the acidic beverages. You know, enjoy it then. Have have it with a meal. I would not be sipping it all day. I would not be sipping it if we're not going to be also consuming a meal. Nice. And another thing I'd like to point out too, coffee and tea are dehydrators. Mm, so for our loved ones, our seniors that really enjoy their, 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 you know, cup of coffee in the morning or, you know, like my dad, for example, the man must drink like 12 cups of coffee a day. Amazing. You know, all of a sudden he's beginning to complain that he's got dry mouth. Mm-hmm. We began to worry like, oh my gosh, you know, and he's, you know, got, has to continue to drink. We began to be, you know, worried about that he was diabetic. 
You know, fortunately, he went to the doctor. No, he's fine. He's dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so for every mug of joe that we drink, we want to chase it with a glass of water. Yes. We want to replenish our mouths. We want to replenish our bodies with that with that water um, so that we don't become over time dehydrated. And unfortunately, we have the same problem with tea. Yes. So for those that enjoy their, their mug of tea in the morning, then it's really important to be drinking water immediately afterwards to replenish our supply. I absolutely agree. I had to make myself, if I was going to have a cup of coffee, then I had a glass of water next to it. So as soon as I was done with my coffee, I started with the water instead of trying to go for the second cup. And the same thing with the teas, just switching up the tea every now and again and trying to find, you know, I don't, I'm not drinking it for the caffeine anymore, but I noticed if I started my day with a cup of coffee, then I didn't drink as much water. I didn't want as much water later on during the day. It's true. Uh, and, and, and they actually are in the process of doing studies on that to figure out the why in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Coffee can also fill people up. So they'll have their cup of coffee and they feel full and therefore they will skip breakfast or feel they don't need breakfast because now they're technically, you know, they feel quote unquote full. Right. And so they're not necessarily reaching for their, for their bottle of water or, or whatever to be drinking afterwards. Exactly. And it's actually the complete opposite. We are actually um, deplenished. We are depleted mm-hmm. in in our water, and so therefore, you know, even though it's being made in water, the actual you know coffee itself is is dehydrating. So we you know we want to make sure that we are um, counteracting that. Right, and that's the misleading part of it is that well, it's made with water, so I'm drinking water. Mm, not exactly. <laughs> nice try. Yeah. Nice, nice try to link or connection to it, but. You really, really need to drink the water. And so I've made it a point. So throughout the day, whether I'm eating or drinking water, I swish my mouth throughout the day, just out of habit now. It's a good habit to have. And along those lines of dryness, I want to, if, if you don't mind, would like to talk about dry lips. Yes. I noticed yes. that with a lot of my senior patients, they their, their overall ability to open their mouths due to their lips not um, being as moisturized tends to be a problem. And then a, a lot of times, too, with, with those in, in severe or end-stage uh, dementia, and this follows under all the categories under that umbrella, that they tend to be, their lips tend to be pierced, like they're, they're, they're keeping their mouth closed. Mm. And that can be a problem, especially if they're dry. And the reason why is this, something to look for, a sign or symptom of, of when an at-home aide or you know, a nurse practitioner or someone coming to the house should be looking for is it's called angular colitis. That's C-H-E-L-I-T-I-S. And what that is, is that that would form in the corners of our loved one's lips. We tend to see this very specifically in seniors. Um, those that, like I said, ha- are not opening their mouths or they have a smaller overture where they're not opening their mouths as much anymore. So the corners of the lips tend to stay and rub against each other more frequently, more on a more consistent basis. And what angular colitis is, is it, it's an infection. And it's a fungal infection where the we all have fungus in our mouth. Unfortunate, but far for the course, it's part of our normal flora, our normal oral flora. It's, it's there. Mm-hmm. But for those that are, you know, immunocompromised and for those that are, um, once again, we don't have good salivary flow, then they will be licking their lips or, you know, it will, uh, the, the fungus will, will come out and, and uh, enter into the, the corners of the lips. They found a really great place to live. Mm-hmm. 
So what you're going to be looking for are, it almost kind of looks like a cold sore, and in, but specifically in the corners of the lips. Um, herpetic lesions or cold sores aren't necessarily in the corners. They're usually in the lower lip or upper lip, more centralized. This is strictly in the corner. And what will happen is it looks like, a, it looks like dry, like, oh, I need, to, I need to give her Carmax or I need mm-hmm. to give him, you know, ideally the biotin gel. Hmm. but what happens is, is that, so it looks a little crusty, no big deal. You try to brush it off, it bleeds. Hmm. So then the crust will reform. Right. And they're like, oh, wait a minute, it's back. Well, I mean, let me get that off. And it starts to bleed again. If you see that, then we know that there is a problem and there has to be a topical ointment, nystatin that has to be prescribed in order to eradicate that, that, that fungus, we need to get rid of it. So very important that that is, yeah, that that is recognized as a potential problem because is it going to spread? No, it's, but it's going to continue to be a problem and, and it will also force the mouth to not open as wide even further because if they do try to open wide, like they're trying to put in their denture or take their Mm -hmm. dentures out at night, stretching their lips um, will hurt and they'll have that spontaneous bleeding. And, and especially too, if they're, if they, you know, drink coffee or whatever, they might start to refuse it because that's acidic. And if it reaches the corners of their lips with this infection, it will burn. So very important that this is, you know, looked at. And if, if there's a sign or symptom of that, it would be really, you know, good to be brought to home health provider to make sure that that is, it's ruled out and, and uh, the uh, a proper ointment can be prescribed. And it's really easy to get rid of as long as the ointment is prescribed, even if they've had it for months you know, in a period of two to three weeks, they're applying it two to three times a day and it will go away. Good. Because the scary part of that is that they would eventually ingest that, you know, if they wipe their fingers or lick their corners of their mouth. Cause I would, my mom, I would see my mother do that quite often, lick, licking her lips and licking the corner of her mouth before she would even think to ask for chapstick. Or if by chance I caught her licking her lips more often one day to the next, then I would actually bring her some of her Carmex or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like I said before, if they are doing that really, you know, if, if, and if you're noticing that, you know, uh, or if we notice that we have to be applying it on a more frequent basis, mm-hmm. uh, um, AKA like three to five times a day, then it would be recommended. I do recommend to switch from the petroleum jelly based lip balms and to use something like the biotin that doesn't have that in there. So they're not ingesting that. Um, cause over time that can, you know, it can upset the tummy. And we don't need any more tummy upset than we, you know, already have, you know. Because that that should be one of those indications. Um, So in between, you you can point things out when they're in the midst of brushing their teeth. But during the day in mealtime area, if they're not wanting to eat because their mouth hurts or they're even opening their mouth hurts, then they're going to stop eating. They're going to start. You're going to have a moment that you can that will be missed to be able to see that something's actually wrong and needs attention. Absolutely. Uh, I've got another story. So I was called into a, uh, a memory care facility. This, uh, this woman was a, a relatively new resident. Um, she was, uh, she had unfortunately surpassed from mild to, to moderate stage, mid-stage um, Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And so she's now living there and she was complaining. Uh, the chief complaint was her, her mouth hurt. And she really wouldn't give them any more information and but her mouth hurt. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't brushing. They started noticing bad breath from her. She'd been living there for about two weeks. The daughter was beside herself. It's COVID. This has happened recently. Mm. Her daughter can't, couldn't be there to you know, help her. You know, she wasn't allowed in. 
So I was called in and it's, up, you know, it's unfortunate. It's asking the right questions, right. you know? And so, you know, we sit, we sit down. I'm like, can you point to where it hurts? And she pointed to her gums above her upper front teeth. And so when I lifted up her lip, her gums were inflamed. They were red. They actually, you know, I, I just kind of like, you know, rubbed my finger, my gloved finger over and they, you know, a couple of the areas, they started to bleed. It scared her. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't brushing her teeth. And it turns out that she had become a mouth breather mm-hmm. when she slept. And so those gums, like I said before or earlier, our gums are meant to be moist. And if they're not over, over, you know, a significant period of time, the gums will, will become very tender and they will hurt. And that's what was hurting her. And especially in the front of the mouth when, you know, she's, you know, those, those front teeth, those front gums take on a lot. They really do. So, you know, when she was, you know, trying to eat or trying to drink something, the gums are annoyed. They're, they're now all of a sudden they're being exposed to, you know, let's say a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. That's acidic. That hurts. Right. And and so he's like, you know, she was beside herself because all her normal go tos, you know, she she felt that she couldn't do anymore. And it really frustrated her. Mm-hmm. And so we immediately got her on the, the act dry mouth. I put in physician's orders to make sure that they were using in this particular situation. She you know, we made sure that she as part of the ADLs. But I, I also put it in for physician's orders that she was being monitored, that she was brushing her teeth. Because once again, if she saw the bleeding, I could tell her you know, you know, today, tomorrow, you know, forever to brush your teeth. But, you know, she would see the bleeding, you know, anybody, any part of our bodies that are bleeding, you automatically retract, you stop, you think you're doing something wrong, right? Right, So she wasn't going to be brushing her teeth. So I made sure that she was being monitored, that she was brushing her teeth. And in this particular situation, I did recommend using a swab only for it to be dipped in the mouthwash and then applied to her upper lip to make sure, especially first thing in the morning, so that the, the upper gums were getting re-moisturized. Interesting. And so then I followed up and after five days, she was beginning to feel better. But I'm like, but I put down in the physician's order is continuous. Yes. This is not just for, you know, a small period of time. This is for the length of her stay in the home because we want to make sure that this, you know, this, this unfortunate condition of her beginning to, you know, mouth breathe when she's asleep isn't going to go away. We can't change the way, you know, she sleeps or her sleeping habits. But we can change, we can modify, we can improve upon her oral care. And five days, she started to feel better. And everyone kind of breathed a sigh of relief that we could figure out what the problem was. And it wasn't, there was no decay. There was no, you know, teeth weren't loose. There wasn't any major medical or dental situation that that had to be addressed. It's for just improving upon and personalizing more for oral care. And that's the, and it's so important to recognize this because so many people may think, oh, I don't have to worry about that because it's a senior citizen area, but it's not. It's these are habits that build over our lifetime. You know, our, our parents try to instill some really good dental habits, but if they don't have them themselves, then they're not really going to enforce it for their kiddos. And like mm-hmm. I said at some point in time, we all become that young adult that goes off into the world and other things tend to become more important than our dental care. And things just happen. Those These habits form. And it's something that no matter what our age is, we, we really have to focus on our dental health. Absolutely. So things that I would look at, you know, when we, we when it's being caregivers and taking care of our loved ones, mm-hmm. bad breath, for sure. 
bad breath is a sign of dehydration. It's a sign of dry mouth. Um, and so that's when we up the game and making sure that we are doing everything we possibly can to keep that mouth moisturized and keep that mouth clean. Um, another thing is all of a sudden, you know, the denture doesn't fit right. Mm-hmm. So let's say, for example, someone has to be hospitalized for a certain period of time and they dropped a lot of weight. Oh, right. We lose, I mean, we literally in our mouths, we do have fat tissues, but we literally call them fat pads in our mouths that are in the back of the mouth and on the sides. And we lose the fat there too. Interesting. And so for someone who has a dramatic weight loss, mm-hmm. you know, 20 to 30 pounds over, you know, two to three months because of, you know, a, a hospital stay or some kind of medical condition, mm-hmm. those dentures that once were snug as a glove no longer fit appropriately. Mm-hmm. And so that's when, you know, those dentures, you don't necessarily need a new set of dentures. Those dentures can be relined. Uh, we can add where the, where they lost the fat in the mouth. We can um, instead build upon the acrylic in those dentures to fill in those spaces and they can feel, you know, um, that they're, that they're, they're dentures again, they might need to be adjusted, but, uh, it's for, for, for comfort, but it's something that is palliative. So it, it can even be done in a hospice situation where, you know, the, the, um, denture, it, there was a, a very easy impression to take. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, brought to the lab and, and I, my lab, I love, pieces. I let them know, hey, this is a, a home healthcare patient. I need this back ASAP. And so I've had a turnaround time in as little as two days. So they might be on, you know, a soft diet for a couple of days, but they get their denture back. It's now solid as a rock, especially if the denture adhesives aren't, are not working. Another situation would be a, a partial denture where, the, you know, they have some of their teeth, but they have clasps that, that hug that they could be metal clasps or mm. acrylic gum colored clasps. Right. And all of a sudden, the denture is not, you know, we just snap right in. And now it's not snapping in anymore. It's kind of swimming in the patient's mouth. Could be a sign of a, a tooth might have broken off. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Why does that happen? Teeth become brittle. Yeah. They're not being taken care of. Absolutely. You know, if they're not being taken care of on a regular basis, or like you were saying, a consistent basis, mm-hmm. then then the, the tooth can get decayed. And it usually happens right at the gum line. The disease decay is, you know, cavities are bacterial infections. And like any infection, they're going to spread. So that bacteria will, you know, penetrate into the tooth, through the tooth. Now there's no support for this tooth anymore. They, you know, have a normal meal and that tooth can break off. They swallow it. And for those suffering from dementia, they might not even realize or be able to communicate that this has happened. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're sticking their, you know, the dentures on their tongue and they're sticking it out, you know, wanting you to, you know, take it out of their mouths or they take it out themselves and, 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 you know, and put it, you know, by the, by the plate. But the dentures for those kind of dentures for partial dentures, that's also, that also potentially can be an easy fix. We would add that tooth and, you know, maybe another class to the denture so that, so they can still keep their denture, something that they're very familiar with. But we, you know, all, now it has a new tooth. I was just at a, a, um, a memory care center today where he wasn't, uh, this particular resident wasn't eating appropriately. So he's, he's a dentalist on top, which means he's wearing a complete denture. He has no teeth on top. And I looked at his denture. He gave it to me. I was able to look at it. And three of the teeth have cracked off. Oh, no. He's had the denture for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a perfectly good denture, very well made. Three of the teeth had broken off. And, and because of the areas of where they broke off, it was making him, it, it, the denture was no longer balanced and he was having a really difficult time eating. So today I was able to give him back his denture with the three teeth put back in 
And he just went back to his normal. I mean, it felt normal. We didn't have to do anything, you know, crazy to the inside of the denture. So it felt perfectly normal. But now, you know, he should be able to eat better because those teeth were put back on. And I took it from him on Tuesday. So he was without it for about three, four days. We let everybody know, let the nurses know, we, you know, the CNAs know, let everybody know that what's going on. And, and so everyone's on board, you know, to provide a soft diet temporarily. Yeah, now he can have his regular meal tonight for dinner, which Excellent. is, you know, very exciting, exactly. you know. So there can be, just because there might be something wrong with the denture doesn't necessarily, you know, you're thinking dollar signs and, oh, my right. God, you know, you know, there, I'm already, there's so much care already being provided for my loved one. Mm-hmm. Now we've got this extra bill. Realigning a denture is literally a third of the price of a brand new denture. And yes. for those suffering from dementia, I wouldn't even think of making a brand new one because I had that situation before where we did have to make a new denture mm. and they handed it back to the lovely grandmother handed it back to me and told me it wasn't hers. Mm. And so now I've got to convince her that yes, it is hers. It's just a new, better upgraded version right. of the one that, you know, her denture. Right. And it was, uh, it was a struggle. So uh, we can repair, we can do a lot of wonderful things to help improve uh, the dentures that our loved ones might be wearing to once again, for better overall quality of life. I'm so glad you mentioned that because there are other caregivers that may be more concerned with the financial aspect rather than the actual benefit for it because they may think they're saving their loved one money or they're, and unfortunately, sometimes it may not even be in their budget, but the cost of repairing a denture is far less than the life that you're protecting. It's priceless. Amen. I could not agree with you more. That is so true. So yeah, and, and, and really simple, safe, effective ways of, of keeping the mouth healthy. I mean, toothbrushes are cheap, you know, yes. the manual, you know, they are, you know, the mouthwash, the biotin products, they're no more expensive than any other mouthwash out there. The Act-Dry Mouth, no more expensive than any other ones out there. Mm-hmm. And the good news is too, is that, you know, over time for, for a, a smaller, you know, population percentage of, of those that where the Act or the uh, biotin doesn't seem to be as effective anymore. There are other ones out there that can be prescribed and, you know, that medic, you know, Medicaid, Medicare, their prescription insurance will, will pick up for a significant amount of it. So with, you know, with a smaller copay. So there are, you know, if, if one, you know, is, is gotten past you know, the over-the-counter products, there are other products available that can be used. They might cost a little bit more, but at the same time, they're going to be incredibly helpful. And once again, not interfere mm-hmm. with any medication they may be on because they are considered topicals. Yes. So suffice to say, fortunately, there is a there is um, a significant number of products out there that can help rejuvenate the mouth that way. And that it, it's like I said, all of these things we don't really think it through, and it, some of it becomes second nature. But some, when you really look at it, the little things, the toothbrush, the mouthwash, the other added chapsticks and creams, the all these little things that add up to Another part of our routine, our daily routines that are all part of the self-care that we don't even consider as self-care. It's their habits that we start with in life and it becomes muscle memory. It's, we just know that we do this and we sometimes relax with how we do them, but it just doesn't take as much as we would think. And it goes so much further, the implications of this so much further. You may think it's just your mouth or your teeth, but you're protecting your heart. You're protecting your brain just by keeping your mouth in good health. So 
I thank you so much, Joy, for coming on with me today and explaining this in a great way for others to understand this when they're, as they're caring for their loved ones. I really appreciate this. You're very, very welcome. It was an absolute pleasure. Uh, feel free to have me back anytime um, and share other personal stories that I've seen along the way that hopefully can potentially be helpful. I hope the situations that I provided, we provide some solace for your listeners and, and realize that you're, you're not alone. You know, that symptoms or signs of, of potential oral suffering is not uncommon. And fortunately, if, you know, even if caught midway through, can be reversed and with, you know, consistent care, help the mouth overall and then therefore help their overall health. Definitely. Thank you so much, Joy. I hope this gave everyone plenty of food for thought. And until next time, be proactive. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode. To learn more about proactive caregiving and to hear other episodes of this podcast, please visit www.jessicalizelcannon.com. This podcast is produced by Canon Light Media, LLC, www.canonlightmedia.com. Music provided by Chris Paradise. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.